at Arrakis is so beautiful when the sun is low. Rolling over the sands, you can see spice in the air. The outsiders ravage our lands in front of our eyes. Their cruelty to my people is all I've known. What's to become of our world? Welcome back to another episode. I am your host for the episode, Kyle. And I'm your co-host, Cassidy. And this is Date Night. Now you're going to hear us both probably, I'm going to do my very best to cut it out, but potentially like a little hack in here, a little hack in there. We are both very sick. Yes. I got Cass sick. I'm on the uh, other side of the tunnel and Cass is entering the tunnel. <laughs> so we'll see how this goes. We'll see if this podcast even reaches the light of day if, if I'm editing this and we sound awful. So we'll find out. But anyway, we had ourselves a little date night. Yes, we did. We actually had a... F- an interesting date night this week. Yeah. Um, we actually <laughs> went out of the house. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was a legitimate real date night. Yes, which has been been rare yep. um, the past month. It was something I picked out to do. I got an Instagram ad <laughs> for candlelight concerts, which I'm. they happen everywhere. It's not just in where we went. They happen across the, the U.S., so I got an ad and I was like, hey, Kyle, we should go to this. We should do something sophisticated and romantic. Yeah. So we did it because it's actually Valentine's Day. Yeah. So that was our Valentine's Day. That's why we went because it yes. is romantic and it's like what a fun way to celebrate Valentine's Day by listening to four people play the best love songs ever written. Right. So we went out to dinner, really nice dinner. And then we went to a candlelight concert, which if you, those of you for, who don't know what it is, they pretty much take a venue and they light a bunch of fake candles. Yeah, that was surprising <laughs> when we walked in. I was like, I was glad to see there were fake candles, but they're like, fa- they're little fans inside that blow this fake candle wick back and so forth. It like so it looks flickering. like it's flittering. And it was a great ambiance setter without actually scaring the shit out of me that they were putting these candles everywhere. And I was like, this place could burn the fuck down. Yeah. So I was very glad when we walked in. I was like, oh, they're fake. Good. Yeah. And then they just played like, it was the Valentine's Day special, so they played instrumentals. It was two violinists, one... Viola. 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 I don't know how to say it. And a cello? Yeah. Um, and so it's just the instrumental part of the songs, and it was it was beautiful. I loved it. Yeah. It was fantastic. I love listening to, like, I don't know, just instrumentals. Yeah. I mean, I'm a big score guy in movies, obviously, and that's what most scores are. It's right. just orchestras. I will listen to instrumental music while I read. Yeah, you do. Which I can't. I've tried. I just get too distracted. I get too distracted. Even with, like, there's no words. I still somehow am, like, picturing myself conducting an orchestra. Even though I have no idea how I would ever do that. I prefer because then it's like I really am going into, like, my own little world. I'm not hearing, like, the world around me. But. So that was our date night. Yep. If you ever get a chance, it's not very expensive. I think our tickets were like $23 a person. Yeah, it was pretty um, cheap. And it's just an hour long. Just I think that's just long enough. Mm-hmm. 
and it's a romantic evening. Yeah, very romantic. Uh, you said we had a nice dinner. I disagree that we had a nice dinner. I don't think um, you had a nice dinner. I had I a nice didn't. dinner, but I felt bad for you because you, 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 we picked this restaurant out because you'd been there before and they had something you really liked and we got there and you were like, oh shit, that must have been their lunch menu. Yeah. So I went with on like a work lunch to this restaurant and it was really nice. And then we went and I like had already had what I wanted picked out and we got there and they gave me the menu. I'm like, oh, it's not on here. Mm. And then I could not find a single thing that I actually wanted. So I ended up getting truffle fries <laughs> and um, a wedge salad. Which I was like, isn't a wedge salad just like a hunk of lettuce Pretty much. with like shitty like or like Good a shit topping. a shit ton of toppings? Yeah, yes. not shitty, but like a shit ton of topping. Um, it is funny though because I'm typically a guy that looks when you say we're going to a restaurant. I always will look up the restaurant beforehand so I know what I want before we get yeah. there, so I don't spend a lot of time like looking at the menu. Because about one of my like I can't stand going to a restaurant and like looking at the menu front to back and being like, damn. There's nothing on here that I want. So I always tend to look. But for some reason, you talk this place up. And I was like, I don't even have to look. Because I know when I get there, I'll just get something with seafood. Yeah. And I did. I had a great dinner. But I felt bad because you were like, this isn't the menu that we had originally. Right. And I I felt so bad. I just wanted dang fish and chips again. Right. Well, why wouldn't fish and chips be on the dinner menu? I don't know. I don't know, really. Me either. Yeah. But. But it was a nice... Again, nice ambiance. <laughs> it was nice ambiance, but it's funny because we also got mocktails. Yes, I, like, I so me and Kyle have been on the kick of not drinking. Yeah, um, they know. Because, for, they know. They've listened to past oh. episodes. We've talked about this a bunch. Oh, really? <laughs> We've talked about this a lot, actually. Yeah. <laughs> well, sorry if you've heard, but so we we are drinking really much. Not like strict about it like we'll still drink if we want to but when we go out to dinner we don't want to buy drinks because it's 14 dollars and i usually hate them um so we started getting mocktails and i was telling kyle when we were out to eat and i'm like whenever we get mocktails i feel like the waiters think we're like recovering alcoholics mm. yeah yeah <laughs> is that is that it yeah oh. yeah because it's just like what People our age that look our age are going out to dinner and ordering mocktails. I don't. Know, I don't think they. I don't know. Maybe they think that, but uh, I didn't like these mocktails actually. Mm-hmm. The ones we had at the what is this uh, car? What is the table place? Sicilian table. Sicilian table. That those mocktails were fucking excellent. Yeah. These mocktails were just like, eh. They were. They weren't super sweet. They weren't anything. They were so bland. They were, yeah. It's like spicy water. Not a lot of flavor. It's like, just put tequila in this. <laughs> <laughs> well. <laughs> no, yeah. It was, I mean, that was fun. Yeah. I, had, I had a good time. I thought it was yummy. I felt bad for you. And then, uh, yeah. And then they the forgot my chicken. Great. Mm. I wanted chicken on my salad. They didn't give me my chicken. But then when we told him, he brought my chicken and then didn't charge us for it. So, you know, who won? Me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So listen, I could talk about Valentine's Day forever. I could make it an entire podcast, okay? But we have things we got to talk about, so let's let's go ahead and jump into what we picked, why we picked it, and let's go ahead. The emperor has spoken. House Atreides shall immediately take control of Arrakis and serve as its steward. Do you accept? We are House Atreides. 
There is no call we do not answer. There is no faith that we betray. The Emperor asks us to bring peace to Arrakis. House Atreides accepts. Atreides! 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 This week was my pick. And um, as you know, it is fantasy February. And I chose, so our, our first two movies were very like normal when you think of fantasy. They're high fantasy. They're high fantasy. So what you think of when you think of fantasy. I chose to steer in a little bit different direction with my pick being a sci-fi fantasy. Any guesses from our fans? Baby, they read the title. Oh. You do this every I time. I do it every time. You fucking forget <laughs> that they read the title. It says dude when they click it, my guy. It kills me every time you do this. I have to remind you. I guarantee you, there's at least seven episodes where I'm like, they looked at it. They had to look at the title. I don't know why. Good I God. That. Every, every fucking time you forget it. Anyway, it you, guys, me. you guys. It kills me. You guys know what I meant. I just wanted to do this whole lead up. Oh my God, what a dumb dumb. Um, <laughs> so, um. I picked dude. <laughs> Everybody knows, dude. Everybody knows. Oh my god. Anyway, um, yeah, I just Kyle had been talking a lot about it. Obviously, Dune Two is the premiere is happening this week. That's coming out shortly. Um, so I just figured I had never seen it before. I figured it's my time to watch it. Also, now that Timothy Chalamet is dating my girl Kylie Jenner, I gotta take more interest in it. <laughs> I keep forgetting if it's Kylie or Kendall all the time. It's Kylie. Kylie. I saw it's them the at the... It's the one with the, two uh, kids, so Timothy Chalamet could be a stepdaddy. Yeah. He's 27, isn't he? He's 28, 27, something like that? I don't know. How old's Kylie? 27. Oh, okay. So they're around the same age then. Yeah, she's either 26 or 27, because yeah. I think she's a year older than She me. was his date to the uh, Golden Globes, I believe yes. it was, and I saw them there together, and I was like, oh shit, that's right. I forgot they're together, and oh. I kept thinking it was Kendall. Yeah. Yeah. Also, my other, my main man, Jason Momoa. Yeah. He's in this Beardless movie, Jason which Momoa. Which I did not, I didn't even know that when I picked it. Yeah. I mean, he's sitting, he's right on the, when you look at the movie, he's right on the cover. Missed it. It's probably because you're so stricken by how handsome Timothy Chalamet is and how beautiful Zendaya is. And yes. you're like, oh, it doesn't even matter who else is in this movie. Yeah. Do you want to start us off, babe? You want to kick us off? So, yeah, we can uh, go ahead and jump into our next section, which is Dune. Just talking about Dune. <laughs> House Harkonnen would never dream of violating the sanctity of your order. I give you my word. We will not harm them. Duke's son lives. No, our traitors will live. My lord, you gave your word to the witch. She sees too much. I said I would not harm them, and I shall not. But Arrakis is Arrakis. And the desert takes the weak. 
the first thing I want to ask, or I want to like talk about, really, has nothing to do with Dune, the actual movie, yeah. but it has to do with fantasy as a genre itself. Because uh, I put it on, and we were got, what, three minutes in? And you're like, this is sci-fi, not fantasy. You're like, I think I made yeah. a mistake. And so I had to click off and show you that it is classified on Max as a fantasy sci-fi epic. Yeah. But I, I wanted to know, in your opinion... What's like the difference in, in, in like to you? What makes the difference between sci-fi fantasy and like high fantasy? And which one do you like more? Yeah. So sci-fi fantasy to me feels very futuristic. It's obviously set in the future, um, in a world that may or may not come to me. We mm. never, we don't know. This movie's set in like ten thousand. Yeah, <laughs> ten thousand one hundred nineteen. Yeah. Some shit like, like that. Who knows? Maybe this will, will be the world we live in. But so. Sci and then sci-fi fantasy is more about like space and like going to different planets and all that stuff. It really so is it too. Is Every sci-fi like, is like we're gonna go to a different planet yeah. or someone is invading our planet. You know what I mean? Almost every yeah. sci-fi epic is like, you know, Star Wars. It's like a bunch of planets that are a solar system and they're all in their own little like quadrant in the universe. They do their own thing. Right. It's always that's always the plot line. And there are spaceships. And, yeah. And so it is fantasy because it, it's made up. Like, as far as we know, this is not what the world's going to be like in nineteen hundred. I don't know. <laughs> in however many years, um, whereas high fantasy, it's kind of just more like wizards, like fairies. With, like, you have all those, like, mystical beings. So, question. Yeah. Uh, what would you classify Twilight? Mm. Just, like, teen fantasy? Yeah. Is that, like, I don't even know if that's a genre, but, like, we could make up a genre. These genres are so fake anyway, they don't even matter. Yeah. But, like, teen fantasy, I always feel like it's about, like, high schoolers falling in love with mythical creatures. Right. And I, I was looking at all my childhood books... And in most of my favorites, it was a t teenager falling in love with the yeah. mythical creature. That's right. Uh, you were showing me those, and it's like <laughs> the same plot over and over again. She falls in love with a vampire. Oh, she has to go to, like, vampire school. Oh, she falls in love with a werewolf. I'm like, this is literally just Twilight over and over yeah. and over again. Yeah. Um, but those, I feel like, are a little less fantasy-ish to me. Like, really high fantasy, like, you have, like, ever, like special powers and... Um, Lots of green grass. <laughs> Lots of green grass? Oh, like when you're watching a movie. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I thought you were talking about your books, though. I was like, green grass, no. bro. What? It's all um, this specific. But you just picture, like, rolling hills and, like... A quest. These, like a journey. Right. Right. A journey. Which, you know, these people are going on their journey, but it's, like, in these spaceships. barren wastelands. You know what I mean? It's right. always in a spaceship or, like, some planet that's 99%, like, uninhabitable. Yeah. Yeah, I get it. So that was probably a terrible explanation, but that is, to me, what they are. Can sci-fi be sci-fi without it entering fantasy? No. Well, yeah. yeah. I feel like on all those like movies where like they go on a spaceship to the moon, or a spaceship quest in outer space. Like, like would you say Star Trek? Is fantasy sci-fi or just sci-fi? That's fantasy because there's aliens. Okay, so it has aliens, it's fantasy. 
It's extra. Do they have extraterrestrials? <laughs> so it's fantasy. As far as the- I love that explanation. That is just so <laughs> insane, bro. You're like, if it's got extraterrestrials, it's fantasy. That's awesome. That's fucking All awesome. All the people out there that believe in aliens are probably like. I believe in aliens, bro, for sure. I believe that there's other things out there. Sure. Aliens. <laughs> um, oh fuck I love this this has nothing to do with dude and it's fantastic but as far as like like interstellar like they're going on a mission into space I would say that sci-fi is sci-fi me, not, fantasy. not fantasy yeah absolutely because that could actually be okay well I don't even think if it could actually be I just think that there's no fantastical element to it's that true. it's just there's no like you said there is no um, I mean they go to other planets and they're trying to like uh, terraform them but there's no extra living creatures that they're right. dealing with. There's no mythical beings. I think for it to be a fantasy, there has to be some sort of element of the fantastical. That is a horrible explanation, but it's got to be something that's not set in this world, set in this right. realm. And that's why I think like Star Trek to me is not fantasy. It's just sci-fi because it's set with Earth as the backdrop. You know what I mean? Whereas Dune... Feels more like fantasy because it's a made-up Arrakis and Calderon, and none of this is like set in a reality that we exist in, mm-hmm. or at least that we like. You said we, we this could be happening at the same time as like we're existing, essentially. You know right. what I mean? But like Star Wars, that's like a fantasy sci-fi to me. Uh-huh. It's just not based in our reality, so that's when I start. And, and they have all these like extraterrestrials, as you would put them. And the only reason I don't count Star Wars is because it has the backdrop of Earth existing. Mm-hmm. Like, it's in their universe. Like, they know about it. Whereas in Dune, they don't know if Earth is, is real or not. At least I don't know. I've never read the books. Maybe maybe they do know Earth is real. I, don't I thought you know. did read the book. No, I bought the book. I have not read it yet. Oh, yeah. I see. Yeah. Which do you like more? You never answered the question. Oh, high fantasy. Yeah, okay. Yeah. You'd rather watch like a Lord of the Rings type movie. Yeah, that's not even hard for me. Yeah. Did you know what you were getting into when you picked this? Yes. You did? Okay. So like you knew this was going to be like on a different planet. Yeah. Okay, cool. Cool, cool. I wasn't sure because I don't think we did. We didn't watch the trailer, did we? No. Yeah, I don't typically. We don't typically watch. Watch trailers. So this actually goes hand in hand with the next thing, like this whole topic, uh, because like Lord of the Rings... This is a massive setup movie. Yes. How do you feel about this setup versus Lord of the Rings setup? Yeah. This one was hard. This one, this movie doesn't answer any questions for you. It presents you with a fuck ton of problems, a fuck ton of questions, and answers very little. Which I enjoyed because we knew we were getting a sequel. But if they just drop this and it bombed, I feel like everyone watching this would be like, what the fuck is happening? Right. And I think maybe the difference is Lord of the Rings had an extra hour. <laughs> it did have an extra hour. Like, I think even the like normal version, not the extended edition, is yeah. still longer than this movie. Yeah. I have to look it up. Don't quote me on it. But I am fairly certain that it's it's Lord of the Rings is, is longer. Right. Also, I feel, in my opinion at least, Lord of the Rings is so clear cut in the first, like, 30 minutes, you know what this movie's about. It's about the fucking ring. Right. Like, it's about the ring. Right. Like, it's Lord of the Rings, you know this is about the ring. Whereas in Dune, it takes forever to get to the point where... We're we're 90 minutes in when Timothy Chalamet is basically... Spoiler here, if you, if you want to skip this. Uh, I don't know why you're listening to this episode. But um, <laughs> his family's wiped off the face of this planet. And he's got to go into hiding and, like, live among the, the Furman or whatever the fuck... The Freeman or whatever they are. Mm-hmm. And... 
it takes 90 minutes to get there. And that's just the setup for the next movie. And there's still an extra hour after that. Right. Whereas I feel like in Lord of the Rings, like the first 10 minutes of Lord of the Rings is literally just a narrator telling you like, these are the different people. These are, this is what happened. So it sets the story up for you right there. Yeah. And so you know like, okay, this is what's happening. Whereas doing the whole movie, you're being like, okay, what is the point? What is happening? What is going on? Um, Who are these people? What's their relationship? Yeah. And also like Lord of the Rings is just felt more interesting because yes, while they're figuring all these things out and their world building, they're journeying to do something and having like these little battles in between and like these little things that are happening. Whereas Dune, you have that initial journey to the new planet that they have to inhabit. But then it's just like, it feels like a more depressing world building. Mm. And But that's the thing is this t- entire movie is just world building. Yeah. It just doesn't do it in, in as interesting way as Lord of the Rings. For me, personally. Yeah. So... It's depressing. I do kind of agree with you that the world building is happening so slow. I mean, the first 90 minutes I think are great. I think the first 90 minutes are awesome. Uh... And rewatching this, I actually did enjoy the last hour, but I think it blows its wad a little bit in the first 90 minutes because it's like building up to this climactic moment of the Harkonnens or the Harka, yeah, I think it's the Harkonnens coming back to Arrakis to wipe out the Atreides, right? Which, yeah, I actually didn't even see that coming and I kind of hate it. Why didn't you see it coming? They talked about it openly. I didn't think it was going to be that easy and they were literally just all going to be dead in five minutes. Oh. And I, I hate it. Like... They literally killed this entire race of people, like this entire family, in five minutes. So I think that's the that is the hard pill to swallow because this movie, in the first ninety minutes, does something that most movies do in like the first thirty. Like the first thirty minutes, they'd be like, "Oh, this is how we get the hero," and then the rest of the story is his journey, right? Right. But we spent more time with these people. They killed, and then we spend less time, like, we spend, like, an hour, if that, with Paul Atreides building up this hero's journey that we don't even get in this movie. It's coming out in the sequel. Right. So it can be a little unsatisfying in the sense that you're like, okay, when the battle comes, that's going to be the climax, and then this is going to be over, and then we'll get the second movie, whereas instead it's like the climax comes, and then we have another hour of Timothy Chalamet walking around in the desert being like, gotta adapt, gotta adapt, and it's like... Okay, but, like, I got so hyped off of that battle, and we're just done. What battle? There's no battle. There's a massacre. I know, but I like that. I thought it was so, like, intense. I thought the way that it was done was very intense. And, like, even those people, when they're marching down the stairs and they're defending the Atreides family, yeah. and they turn around, and they've been ambushed from the back, too. Yeah. And it's just, like, this impending sense of doom and this horror that, like, you're not getting off this planet. You're, you're going to die here. Yeah, and I, I, I just think that doing that for 90 minutes and then giving us another hour of afterwards is just mean. <laughs> like, but also you spent 90 minutes like getting to know these people and thinking right. they were going to be a big part of the the movie, and right. then they're all dead. Yeah, and I just don't. I'm not a fan. It kills me that there's only two people left in this entire family. Race. They're not a race, but it's like... Well, she's pregnant too, so technically three. That's if that baby Which survives. Which actually, probably the stress after that, she would not be pregnant anymore, <laughs> But that's just my medical side talking. 
I'm not saying I didn't like it. I liked it. I just have so many questions that were not answered. And so I felt like it was very hard. Like throughout this entire movie, I kept looking at Kyle and being like, what is going on? Yeah, you kept being like, what who is, is this? What is happening? What are they talking about? And right. Which is frustrating for the viewer if you're like, I don't know what's happening. Right. But I think at some points, I think they did a good job of having someone there to be like, oh, is this what you mean? And then right. being like, yeah. But I also feel that in the, at the same time, they're world building and they're mentioning all these other things, but you don't know what those things are. Right. And so you're just like, is a part of you, oh, is a part of you like, at least for me, watching that and being confused, I'm sort of okay with it because we're viewing this from Paul's standpoint. And he's confused as fuck. He has no clue what's going on at all. And yeah. so I feel like watching it and being confused is okay with me because, one, I know we're getting a sequel. So I can brush these questions right. aside because I know I'm going to get them answered. Now, if we weren't getting a sequel, I'd be like, what's the point of this movie? Right. But knowing I'm getting a sequel, I'm a little more easily digesting. Uh, all the questions I have, but also being confused, I'm okay because Paul is confused. Right. He's like, I don't know what the fuck's going on. Half of the movie, he's like, I, I don't, I don't understand. <laughs> but I couldn't imagine having watched this in 2021 and then being like, when are we gonna get another one? Right. And it was supposed to come out last year too. Because then it's like a point. If you if you watch this movie not knowing a second was 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 coming out, this movie's pointless. Absolutely. Pointless. Absolutely. Like it could not be a standalone movie. No. no. You would have to make either a six-hour movie or you'd have to cut a lot of fat out. I mean, it wouldn't even be worth making it if you're not going to do multiple movies. You know what I mean? They're talking about potentially doing a third one. Zendaya said, if they call me, I'm coming. I'll do it. And Timothy Chalamet said, if our schedules line up, I would love to come back for a third one. Yeah. So if they are doing a third one, I feel like we still won't have any questions answered for the most part in the sequel. Oh my god. But we don't know if we're getting a third one, so now I'm really hoping that they answer all the questions I have. So, speaking of Zendaya, another wild part of this movie is real life Zendaya. It's only in it for about three minutes. Yeah. Combined <laughs> total, yeah. I mean, she's in more of the movie, but they're dreams. And it's like Visions. flashes of her. It's, she's yeah. not like actually there doing anything. And she's not speaking. Mm-hmm. So it's crazy that when you think of Dune, you think of Zendaya. I think of Timothy Chalamet and Zendaya, absolutely. I forgot Jason Momoa was in this fucking thing <laughs> until his plane thing landed. And I was like, oh, that's right, Duncan Idaho. Yeah. Um, but then you realize I, when you're watching it, you're like, wow, she's not even here. And I'm actually going looking at the list right now of is cast she second members. Billing? No. Zendaya is ninth. Huh. I mean, that makes sense, list. though. But that makes sense because she's barely in the fucking thing. Right. She's going to be a huge part in the sequel, obviously. However, Jason Momoa's lower than her, and he plays a much bigger role in this movie. Weird. Did not know that. Yeah. Who's second? His mom. That makes sense, though. Yeah. She's in most of the movie with him. Yeah, that's true. But, uh, yeah, that's a little disappointing because I I was waiting for you, because I've seen this before, and I was waiting for you to realize that she wasn't actually in it. Yeah. And then at the end of the movie, when she shows up, you're like, oh, she's right there. But this movie's ending. How is how is, like, <laughs> how is this happening? And I was like, yeah, it, it's all giant setup. It's all a giant fucking setup. Yes. Now, are you interested in knowing where the story goes or not? Like, yes. Like watching this where you're like, okay, I can't wait for a sequel. Or were you so confused and so put off by this that you're like, I don't give a fuck if I watch this? No, I want to know where it goes. I want to see what happens with Paul. So it caught your attention enough and like did enough to like like, 
intrigue you. Ex- yes. Okay. So then, is so the complaint then is that it's just so heavy and so much world building that it kind of like loses you a little bit. Were you ever lost at any point yes. where you're like, I just don't want to watch this anymore? My first note on my notes is this movie makes you feel lost. Yeah. You feel clueless the entire movie and I hate feeling clueless. You do. So when they do the scene specifically where Timothy Chalamet has to go before like the Reverend Mother and put his hand in the box. I was like, when we were watching, I was like, she's going to have no fucking clue what's going on. Yeah. Which is like the point. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's 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 something that we, we are clued into later on and we might have an inkling, but we don't actually know what's going on. And you were watching it, I was watching your face, and you just looked so uninterested and confused. And when you get confused and uninterested, I could feel you pull your attention wanting to pull away. Yeah. But you did a great job of, like, staying with it. And I had to remind you at one point, you were asking me questions, and I was like, I can't answer these. I don't know. Like, we, yeah. we don't know yet. We don't know who these people are, what they're doing, what their end goal is. Like, we'll find out, hopefully, in the next one, you know? So I was wondering if you actually even cared about seeing the sequel. Yeah, I do. Yeah. I'm interested enough in... Paul Atreides' character and the reason he's seeing Zendaya. Yeah, I think the I think that for all of its issues in sort of pacing, I guess, and world building, it does a phenomenal job of making you interested and pique your curiosity as to who the fuck Paul Atreides is and what is going on with these people. Yeah. And which of these visions are going to pan out and actually happen. Right. You know, so I, I, at least for me, it grabbed me. I liked that a lot. Um, I just wish it was, I, I wish that the big climactic scene had been Closer the attack. The yeah, I really do. You just dump them off in the desert and end the movie, you know? But then you have, like, it's almost like, yes, that's the big climax, but then the rest of the movie like, oh, yeah. is still very, like, high an- like high anticipation. Oh, yeah. the I mean, when they're caught by the Fremen, essentially, and then they have yeah. to run from the worm, uh, the sandworm, yep. and, I mean, all that shit. It's all and very interesting, but I just... Jason Momoa. And Jason Momoa's a whole ending. Very, um, very pissy that I won't see him in the next movie. You were really mad uh, when he died, and you were like, why won't they let one fucking person live? I just want one fucking person. Yeah. I was like, are you even... I, in my head, I was like, damn, I don't even think she's having fun. I think she is... <laughs> So agitated right now. <laughs> you think Game of Thrones would have prepared you for this? <laughs> right. But no, that's the thing. It's like everyone freaking died. There's, th- there's three people left. Paul Atreides, his stupid mom, and <laughs> Jason Momoa's character. Which What's his name? It's a funny Duncan name. Duncan Idaho. Duncan Idaho. Yeah. I love that name. name. I think it's fucking great. Um, but... You have those three people, and you. Th- I'm like, okay, at least Duncan, like, at least Duncan Idaho got out. I'm like, at least he's with them. I can live with that. And then they kill him too. Yeah. And I'm just like, but he went down fucking badass. Like he went down like a badass man. That's the way to go. Yeah. Now I have a character that I I like, and a character that I d- dislike. Right. Right. But Duncan Idaho, I loved. I know we both really liked him. I would have liked him more if he had his beard. Yeah, it was hard like, watching it without a beard yeah. because I was so used to him with a beard, and I was like, "Come on, man, give my Jason, man his beard Jason back." Jason Momoa's got a chunky chin, okay? <laughs> and I love that man. But and I got a chunky chin, that's why I can say it. But. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all you non-chunky chin havers, you leave us alone. But he's got a chunky chin, and as a male, you should just hide that with the beard. And he looks great with a beard. As a female, I don't have that luxury. <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of uh, staring at Jason Momoa and his visual aspect, yeah. this movie's visuals. Yes. Are fucking 
incredible. Yes. You, that's so funny when you mention these things and I literally, that's my second bullet point in my notes. The set design and special effects are amazing. Yeah, top notch. One of the best looking movies I have ever seen, period. Yes. It does not look fake at all. It no. looks like this could be everything. It looks like they around. legitimately flew in on these spaceships and we yes. were just watching it. It was fucking incredible. You know what I think makes it look more real? That nothing in it is flashy. Yeah. The city that they moved to just walls. It's just cement. Yeah. And sand. Right. And like the city that they or the place that they moved from, it's just they live on like a island. Right. Like this a, looks like Scotland. A dreary island. Like, yeah, Scotland. And then all the spaceships like are not flashy. At all. They're just like regular they look like dragonflies, the ones that they cruise around in. And yeah. then the other ones are just circles. They're right. just like orbs. Dra- but the dragonflies, they literally look like a helicopter, but instead of like the one propeller at t- on the top, they have like wings that resemble what a dra- how a dragonfly right. flies. So it's something we are used to that isn't flashy or extravagant. It's not right. like they created this whole different fucking... I mean, they did create a whole bunch of different shit, but they took designs that we are somewhat used to and just tweaked them a little bit. You right. know what I mean? And I think what you said too is the city's not being flashy helps so much because it's just like, oh, we'll just put a wall here. And then it looks great, you know what I mean? And it works for the it works for the area they're in. It's not like they're on some beautiful island and there's tropical trees everywhere and they're like, Oh, we gotta have a palace and all this stuff and it's gotta look extravagant. They're like, they're in the middle of the fucking desert. Build yeah. walls, call it good. You know, and it looks fantastic. And the sandworms, when those sandworms show up, oh my god. The the scene where the sandworms jumps right up in front of Paul when they're yeah. standing there staring at it. I I mean it's gorgeous gorgeous it looks beautiful i loved that shot and so i think the special effects people deserve all the credit here because if the visuals weren't as stunning as they were this movie would have been hokey as fuck and i would not have cared yeah they clearly put a massive budget on the on the visuals and a lot of movies today too it sucks is that like a lot of these big marvel movies and I'm not picking on them to be mean i like the marvel movies i'm just picking on them cuz they're like the biggest budget movies out there right now they're giving like 200 and 250 million dollar budgets out and they don't look anywhere near this good. Right. But like how does that they happen? They are trying to do way more. They're doing way too much, I agree. They're yeah. doing way too much. So I think maybe the the simpler, easier look is is better. You know <laughs> what I mean? I mean it just is. It In is. this sense, yeah. Yeah. I, and it's not even that they're easier, it's that they are just here's one worm. Instead right. of here's 50 they could have done the whole Marvel thing and been like here's 50 worms attacking you. You know what I mean? <laughs> So is there anything else in your notes that you wanted to mention or are you good to move on? Yeah, I wanted to talk about my hatred for the mom. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> what are your thoughts on the mom? Do I have, am I irrational for really not liking her? I didn't dislike her. Okay, no. So, <laughs> okay. my issue with the mom is that she literally, I in my mind, I think she decided that she was going to make a son because in there, her... You're only supposed religion, to uh, bear women. You do not bear sons. Right. Unless you think that your son mm-hmm. has the chance to be the Messiah. Yeah. And so this bitch was like, you know what? I'm just freaking awesome. And I'm going to have a son. And when he comes the becomes the Messiah, everyone's going to be like, wow, I'm awesome. It is kind of selfish. It's it selfish. is kind of selfish. Because she, like... Even if he is the Messiah, it's still you had to be a little selfish to make that right. decision. You bred 
and made him for one reason. And it's not because you loved him. Right. You're like, you're here to serve a purpose, motherfucker. Now get to. Yeah. And the whole part where the, the Reverend Mother is like, you're lucky he survived that test. It does not mean he is the chosen one. It just means we're not going to kill him. <laughs> like, that's all it means. Right. Like, the amount of pressure and stress and danger that she just chose to have. Right. She chose to have the the son. And it's just, I just don't like her for it. Mm. Like, you could have had a kid, a nice daughter, and you could have had a happy life, and you could have just could have just loved her. Right. But no, you wanted to breed for all the fame. Yeah. Of being the Messiah's mom. We'll find out if it worked or not. If it was worth it. I don't think it did. Can I? Can yeah, I yeah, this? go ahead. So. Give it to me. I don't think he's the Messiah. Okay, can I tell you something? What? I also don't think he's the Messiah. <laughs> I think... She was close mm-hmm. because they said like you mix so they mixed bloodlines specifically right, right. to get to this point. I think that Paul, oh. well, his son, will be the Messiah with, with Zendaya. You think him and Zendaya are gonna have yes, a kid, and I, that kid's gonna be the Messiah? Yes, I think Paul and Zendaya. I think that's the reason he keeps having these visions of her because he knows. He has to find her. Like his, right. his his internal calling is that he has to find her because if they have a baby, that baby will be the Messiah. Okay. But I don't think Paul is the Messiah. Yeah, my whole thought process was um, I don't think he's the Messiah at all. I think that they're. He even drops hints too, where he's like, "Are they calling me the the Messiah because they were told?" That I was coming and they were told to look for my, like the signs of who I am, specifically yeah. by the Reverend Mothers, or am I actually the Messiah? And so that self-doubt right there, I, I actually believe the self-doubt. I don't think he's the Messiah and I don't even think his kid is the Messiah. I don't think he no. has anything to do. I, like that was my thought process was I think they're setting him up and his mom wants him to be the Messiah so bad that they're nitpicking these specific spots to be like, oh, well, he's got this trait and this trait and... uh Maybe I'm wrong, and maybe you're right, but I just I didn't I think it's all just false prophets because that spice makes you hallucinate. That's true. But how I mean, but he was having dreams about Zendaya before he even before got there. So, spice. but yeah, so I think in my head I'm like, why else would he be having these visions, these dreams of Zendaya calling her Zendaya? That's because I don't know her name. So I looked at I looked at it. It's either Ch- Chani. Chaney. It's C-H-A-N-I. Oh, I don't know. Um, They don't say her name. We don't yeah, know her name. name. I don't think. Unless they say it right at the end and we missed it. But Which is a possibility. <laughs> yeah. I was I was done at that point. Yeah. But, um, I think that's the only reason he's seeing visions of her is because his prophecy is calling him to breed with her. So it's not him that's Messiah, it's his kid. I like yes. it. I like where your head's at. I am going to stick with my opinion that no one in this family is going to be the Messiah. <laughs> but I do, I think your yours makes sense. I'm definitely not saying yours is I wrong at all. I think mine's more interesting. Yeah, I think this is definitely more of a, oh, well, who we go? put our faith into and why are we trusting this kid? We don't even know right. him. But where do they go with the second movie if... They kill Paul Atreides and it's over. Just kill his ass. No. That's the villains have to win sometimes, babe. The that's villains not, have to win sometimes. They won in this one, okay? Yeah. Their entire family's dead. <laughs> and she is pregnant again, so he does have a sister. That's is all it a sister? Is it a girl? Yeah, I think so. Maybe it's a boy. 
Maybe that's the Messiah. <laughs> I assume it's a girl just because it's like, why would you have another son if you think Paul is actually... Why do they even get pregnant again if you can choose? Right. I, okay, so I'm I'm under the under I'm under the impression, and I could com- be completely wrong, but I asked you this too. If like you thought it gave the implication that she's just like deciding, yeah, because they even said they're like it's selfish that you would do this and have a son when we told you to only bear women. So in my head, I'm internalizing that as okay, they can pick and choose what sex babies they have. Did you right. pick up on that too? Because I kind of asked you, yeah, but I wasn't so sure. Maybe they can't control. If they get pregnant, they can just control what gender they come out as. What if they can't even do that and we're completely wrong? And that would make Paul the Messiah, right? Like, wouldn't that make Paul the Messiah yeah, pretty open probably. and closed case? <laughs> Maybe I'm judging the mom too hard. She, yeah, we're sitting here bashing the mom this. and you're just, it's like completely unfounded. People are screaming listening to this like, she didn't pick. Maybe yeah. I should watch this a second time. I think maybe watching it a second time will like help. Can I tell you from personal experience yeah. of having watched it Did twice now? Help. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you watched it twice, like, really far apart. I did. I watched it, yeah, it's been months. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So maybe, yeah. like, back to back. Yeah, you got, you got five hours to kill? <laughs> no, yeah, I, I didn't I think so. <laughs> Alright, let's go ahead and move into our rating section. Let's do it. Yeah. Don't stand with your back to the door. How many times do we have to tell you? I can tell it you by your footsteps, Gurney Halleck. Someone might imitate my stride. I know the difference. Are you the new weapons master? Duncan, Idaho, gone. I must make do as best I can. Choose your blade. I've had quite a day, Gurney. Give us a song instead. All right, you're going to go first. What are you giving this? Out of five. Out of five, out of five sandworms, what are we giving this? Three. Three? Yes. Damn, that's yeah. low as shit. I'm giving this movie a three because it just laid the groundwork for the second movie and hopes that the second movie will be a four or a five for me. Okay, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Because this movie wasn't super exciting, like it wasn't super interesting, but because it was laying that groundwork, so I don't think... I. It gets a three mostly because of the visual effects. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, absolutely. And the set design and all that stuff. But as far as like the actual like how how into this movie I was, I wasn't super into it. But I am excited to see where we go in the second one. I think a lot of people gave this very high ratings simply because of the visual effects. Yeah. And I get that. But I also have to be entertained. And so the first time I watched this, I only gave it a three and a half out of five because I was like... Visually stunning. Yeah. Uh, the story, on the other hand, I think in my original view, you can go find it on Letterboxd uh, to all you listeners out there. My original review was like, yeah, hopefully the next one will keep me entertained because this one just, I mean, I was out. Uh, rewatching it a second time, though, liked it a lot more. And this is a conversation that Ozzy actually had with me the other day. He texted me and he's like, do you think you watching a movie a second time with Cass or with someone uh, makes you like it more? And I do think that generally, if you watch a movie a second time, you like it more because you know what you're getting into. Yeah. You know what you're in for. The first time I watched it, when the scene comes and the Harkins, Harkins come and kill all the Atreides, I was like, holy fuck, what a great way to end a movie. And then I looked at the time, there's still 54 minutes left or something like that. And I'm like, oh shit. <laughs> oh shit, we got so much time left. So I think knowing what I was getting into, knowing what to expect, all the questions I knew I was going to have, 
just sort of adds to the fun because then I can just kind of brush everything off. So this time I'm going to give it four sandworms out of five. I'm going to give it four. Wow. Yeah. I thought it was good. I truly enjoy that this lays the foundation in such an easy way for the most part. And by easy, I mean like they're like, we're just simply going to lean into world building for an hour and a half. Yeah. Like two hours. We're just going to world build. And then after that, we'll start the hero's journey. So I don't know. It's not it's not by any means an easy movie to watch. That's probably the wrong choice of word. But I'm sick. So we're going to roll with it. Four or five. Do you want to guess what the letterbox community gave no. it, babe? Oh. I'm just kidding. <laughs> of course I do. Uh, I know this movie is beloved. I know this movie is beloved. I do not think it's in the top 250, so I'm going to go with a 4.1. 3.9. Okay. Okay. That was pretty close. Yeah. yeah. So round of four. Yeah. So my, my, my personal feelings uh, uh, reflect the letterbox community. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely thought it'd be a little higher than that just because, like, this is so well regarded and everyone is so hyped for the sequel. I truly believe the sequel will eclipse this movie by a lot. I think the sequel yeah. will have like a 4.5 when it's all said and done. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. You got any reviews for me? I do. All right. Let's, let's get rolling. All right. So, the first one I'm going to read is a long one. But it's because it's the only one that I chose that is less than a four-star review. Okay. Okay. So, this review is from Nick. He gave... Dune, two and a half stars. And he said, I know, Dune is as technically perfect as any other Denis Villeneuve work, but it's also at the same time boring, vapid, and overlong. There's a reason why I've been holding off reading Dune the book or watching the Lynch version, and that's because everything about the story feels hopelessly boring, and Villeneuve's insanely hyped, critically acclaimed version only reinforces my perception of it. My main critique of these larger-than-life, action-packed productions is the fact that they focus so much on the visuals and outward sensations, eventually they lack nuanced emotions that connect with the audience who may prefer these inward aspects. Dune, unfortunately, is the prime example of such vicious tendency. Unlike Villeneuve's previous masterpieces where actions and emotional resonance are balanced perfectly, Dune feels like it has the sole purpose of showing off its crazy budget. The cruelty and bloodbath of futuristic power struggles are presented in the most detached and arcane manner possible, it ultimately feels like a project made exclusively for the diehard novel fans, while for the general audience and especially the art house crowd, Dune is no more than a sleep-inducing experience to power through or simply doze off to. So uh, I think that was a really long way of saying this person was bored. Um, <laughs> to call Vapid's a little crazy, I don't think that's true at uh-huh. all. Um, yeah, I mean, we talked about that being a little more visually pleasing than it is like story-wise. But there's not nothing going on. It yeah. is quite literally setting the foundation. Everything that is happening is incredibly important. You just didn't enjoy it. Right. And you can't, it's not a doze-off movie because you need to be paying attention to every little detail to be able to understand the second one. Yeah. I don't, I don't think this person is trying to be malicious. I think they make a, a few good points and their opinion is valid. But I just don't think it's vapid. And uh, if you're an art house person, why would you go watch Dune anyway? Right. Like, if, if, that's, if that's your style, man, why would you watch Dune in the first place? All right. That's one thing I'm trying to do more in 2024 is watch movies I think I actually will enjoy and not wasting my time watching movies I don't like, I don't think I'll like. Yeah. Um, so now let's move on to some more lighthearted reviews. <laughs> so, Lucy gave Dune four stars. 
She said, love, love, love when a blockbuster is almost all methodical world building instead of pew, pew, space fighting filler. Like, yes, girl, give us everything. It's quite literally the opposite review of what the last person said. <laughs> and then, we're just moving power right through. Karst gave this three stars. And he said, my takeaway is that Jason Momoa is my favorite action star. A million dollar smile and a great head of hair. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> Karst is the second or third most followed person on Letterboxd. No, really? Yeah. I agree, Karst. Behind Martin Scorsese. <laughs> oh, quick, to, just to tell you, you know how that guy said, the first review said that Denis Villeneuve's movies are like really emotional. You know what other movie Denis Villeneuve did? Who? What? Prisoners. Hugh Jackman, uh, Paul Dano, Jake Gyllenhaal. His daughters were kidnapped. Oh, yes. That's the same guy. That's dark. That's the That's same guy. Incredibly dark movie. <laughs> All right. And then Patrick Willems gave Dune four and a half stars. Okay. <laughs> he said, the classic story where a kid's parents make a move to a shitty place he hates and everything goes wrong. Until the kid makes some nice new friends. So basically, it's the Sandlot. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it has a lot of sand. I mean, honestly, that's a great comparison. <laughs> and then a five-star review. I was wondering if you could pick any five-star reviews. From Tur. <laughs> okay. It's T-U-U-R. Okay. Tur. Uh, anyway, um, Denise. Is that It's not Denise. Denise. <laughs> Denis did it again. An absolute eye-gasm. And the music, Hans, sweetie. Epicness redefined. Yeah, no, the score is fantastic. So I have a, <laughs> I actually do have a playlist on Spotify called Scores. And I just put my favorite scores in there. And rewatching this, I forgot how amazing this score actually is. Uh-huh. Which makes sense. It's done by Hans Zimmer, who has done literally everything. Yeah, that's so it. So there we go. That's all you have? Yeah. Right on. Time for you to answer some questions. Oh, yes. I only have three. Okay, good. <laughs> Who does Zendaya have more chemistry with? Uh-huh. Tom Holland or Timothy Chalamet? Well, she hasn't really interacted with Timothy Chalamet <laughs> yet. And honestly, I have to say Tom Holland anyway because they're in a relationship. Yeah. Yeah, no, I was hoping, I was wondering if you were going to be like, this is a dumb question because she has barely interacted with I'm him at all. I'm not going to do that to her. But I feel like her introduction to both characters is the exact same. She couldn't be less interested in who they are. In Spider-Man, she's like, I don't, I, she's like, I watch you. I don't care about you at all, blah, 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 all this shit, right? And then you get into this and she's like, I'll kill you the minute I get the chance. <laughs> like, she doesn't give a fuck about these dudes. And eventually, you know, they're going to end up breeding. So, <laughs> just using your word. Well, it, that's what it feels like in this movie. Breeding. It's- all right. Question two. Don't make me laugh. I'm going to cough up a lung. We're almost there. <laughs> Who wins in a fist fight? Duncan Idaho or Khal Drogo? Oh, Duncan Idaho. You think so? <laughs> yes. Did you watch Khal Drogo fuck people up, bro? Yeah, but he he needed his sword thing. I don't think he'd need his swords, man. I got to go bearded wonder. I got to go Khal Drogo. Duncan Idaho literally took 20 people at once. With a little, he had one of those shield protector things on. He'd win in a fist fight then. <laughs> <laughs> he can't have if he doesn't if it's a fist fight, he can't have a shield protector. Who you take? Duncan Idaho. Oh, you're crazy. You're crazy. <laughs> Call Drogo all the way. I want you guys to write in and tell us who you think would win in a fight. No, Call so, or 
Uh, Duncan Idaho. <laughs> so, um, Jason Momoa was in much better shape when he was Cal Drogo. Okay? You think so? Yes. Yes. No questions asked. He was in much better shape. We didn't even see him with his shirt off in this. You could tell from the chin. Um, oh my God. <laughs> Jesus. I always think that a pudgy man who kicks ass mm-hmm. is going to be a better fighter <laughs> than a toned man. And here's why, okay? Those muscles, if you have too many muscles, you're not very limber. Mm-hmm. I see what you're saying. Also, if you're also, pudgy, you're not very liberal. Also, Daniel Cormier. <laughs> Daniel Cormier. Just look yes. Daniel Cormier up. That dude had a gun on him. Also, he was like 5'9", starching dudes who were like 6'4". Anyway, that's a whole MMA thing. And we could cover a whole podcast on that, but we won't you do that. Maybe. Yeah. So, which ending do you prefer? Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring, or Dune Part 1? Lord of the Rings, Fellowship of the Rings. I concur completely. You I can completely see their, agree. Their path to where they're headed. Yeah. Already. Also, I just liked the you characters know a little more. You what's going to happen in the second one. Yeah. This one, dude, I have no idea what's to come. And I, I like the characters more. Truly, I do. I think yeah, I like the characters Lord of the, Lord of the Rings more. Yeah. Because I, I spend so much more time yeah. with them. I feel. They're more. They interact more with each other. Their yeah. interactions are more fun. Also, the main characters aren't all slaughtered in the first movie, so yes. there's that. <laughs> you want to follow these people, right? Watch that none of the watch that like somehow they're gonna bring these characters back and they're like not actually dead or some shit. <laughs> better, I don't they know. better not. They better not. That will actually make it fantasy. <laughs> yeah, for real. It's like the Marvel comics. They're not actually dead. We're gonna bring them back in the next movie. Yeah. So anyway, uh, that's an episode. We did it. Uh, we barely coughed, which is great. We gotta go. We gotta run. We gotta wrap this up. Uh, like, share, all that bullshit. Rate us, please, 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 please. Rate us. I'm going to post my story. I'm going to have you guys vote on it. Who'd win in a fist fight? Duncan Idaho or Kyle Drogo. So please vote on that and tell me what you think. We'll talk about it on the next podcast. With that said, go watch a fucking movie.